If the boogeyman doesn't get you, the Rutgers Scoutcast sure will. Here we are, episode 56 of the Rutgers Scoutcast. I am your host and the publisher over on ScarletReport.com. I am Sam Hellman, and by the time you're listening to this, I will be leaving on a jet plane. That's right, WrestleMania weekend. I'm going to be down in Orlando. Friday night, I will watch Eric LeGrand, the Rutgers great, go into the WWE Hall of Fame. Worlds colliding, very cool for him. The Warrior Award, if you don't know what it is, go ahead and Google it. I've spoken to Eric a couple times with stories since the WWE made that announcement, so you can check that out over on Scarlet Report. If you're even a semi-wrestling fan, or if you happen to have WrestleMania on in the background or whatever, you know, keep your eye out, because Eric LeGrand will appear at WrestleMania in front of 2 million WWE Network subscribers and, I don't know, 75,000 people at the Citrus Bowl. Good exposure for Rutgers, and I, I, I really mean this. I can't, it couldn't happen to a better person. That, that's what I got going on this weekend. How about you guys? So here's the plan for this week's episode of the Rutgers Scout Cast. We have a pair of guests this week. Both are making their second appearance on the show. One guest that you will hear from is a guy named Mike Teal. Mike Teal was the first guest in the history of the Rutgers Scout Cast. Last time I spoke to Mike Teal, he was the offensive coordinator at Don Bosco Prep. Things have changed. Mike Teal is now the head coach at Don Bosco Prep. I would guess, we'll hear from Mike Teal in a couple minutes, but I would guess this is pretty close to a dream job for a guy that won a national championship at Don Bosco Prep before he went to Rutgers and went on to the NFL and got into coaching. Also, we are going to hear from Sebastian Joseph. This is a brief conversation, but I think it'll interest people just in the idea of how athletes balance their time and how they try to be normal people just like everyone else, but with the amount of commitment you're making to training and to academics and to football and to travel, it's hard to be a normal person. I interviewed Sebastian Joseph last week. I've been trying to figure out the right way to use this interview. I thought about writing an article. I thought about a lot of different things, and I figured putting this conversation on the podcast was the way to go. So Sebastian Joseph, Marcus Applefield, and some other Rutgers athletes from other sports took a trip to South Africa over spring break doing missionary work. Uh, Sebastian will have much more details than I about it, but I'm not trying to make this a religion thing to tell people what to believe or to shove religion down anyone's throat. Neither is Sebastian Joseph. Sebastian Joseph is just a Christian that was trying to use his spring break time to help people. And that's what he's going to talk about. You know, you hear about the Rutgers players that have gone to Haiti in past years, going to South Africa. That's a pretty cool experience for a college kid. Sebastian's going to talk to me about that experience, what it was like, why he went, why he decided to pass up his final spring break as a Rutgers football player, why he decided to pass that up to essentially work, and then just the the challenges of trying to balance your religion with your football, because it's not easy. You know what? First up is going to be Mike Teal. Mike Teal, I saw Mike Teal on Tuesday. He came by Rutgers football practice with Devin McCourty and Kevin Malist, and I figured, hey, what, what a great time to chat with Mike. We've had a good relationship ever since 
I started working at the Daily Targum, and he was the Rutgers starting quarterback, and he was going through some hard times in 2008. He was always kind of stand up and, and never back down from doing interviews, even when the fans were booing him on homecoming, and he really won my respect then, and he's always had it. I figured it would be a good time to have Mike Teal on the show. We'll talk a little bit about what he's seen at Rutgers practice, uh, how, how, the, how it is to deal with the staff at Rutgers now that he's the head coach at Don Bosco, get his take on Rajan Gross coming back. You're going to hear all of that right now with uh, two-time team captain, former NFL draft pick, former Rutgers superstar quarterback, Mike Teal. Returning to the Rutgers scout cast, the, the first guest that we've ever had on the show, and, and now he's back, that is former Rutgers quarterback, two-time team captain, Mike Teal. Mike, what's up? Not much. Thanks for having me. I didn't know that I was the first ever uh, guest, so I, I take that as an honor and a compliment. Well, we'll see how the download numbers go. Hopefully you're not the last either. <laughs> we'll see how that one goes. Mike, what's going on with you? Nothing. Nothing at all. You know, just just grinding away, um, you know, working through our, our spring uh, or our spring weight training and, and conditioning program, you know, up here at Bosco and trying to shoot down to Rutgers and, and catch as many spring practices as I can and, you know, do everything else in between at the same time. So staying busy and, and you know, looking forward to, to watching watching my Bosco guys, you know, train throughout this, you know, next couple of weeks in this next cycle of our lifting program. For a guy that won a national championship at Don Bosco as a player, I have to guess that becoming the head coach at Don Bosco Prep is pretty close to a dream job for you. It's exciting. I mean, it definitely is. It's, uh, you know, it was a little unexpected when it happened, but now that it's kind of settled in a little bit, uh, it, it's an opportunity that, you know, any coach in New Jersey, you know, any coach in America would would love to have. I mean, when you look at the program and you look at what Don Bosco Prep football stands for, you know, in the high school world, it's, you know, at the top of the game. It's as good as it gets. And, you know, to have the opportunity to – honor Coach Stoll and have the opportunity to to lead the program is something that, you know, it's really, really neat, and I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm not from this area. I'm from Virginia, as you know, but when I started covering recruiting, people were telling me, all right, so this is Don Bosco Prep. They're kind of like the New York Yankees of high schools. Uh, is, <laughs> is there any – well, of course there's pressure, but I guess what are the challenges of – this is your first head coaching gig, and it's at such a prestigious program. Well, obviously, the the, the expectation is, is so high, and I think that's one of the challenges to manage that, to not get distracted by the expectation to be ranked nationally in the top five and to win a national championship and to win a state championship, um, but to more so go about it each day. You know, stuff that I learned when I played for Coach Seattle with Rutgers, stuff that I learned you know, the NFL from some of the veterans, you know, that taught me things and some of the quotes that, that I go by each day. Matt Hasselbeck used to say to me, you know, control what you can control. And, and I think that's a lot of, of what it is when, when you're the head coach at a place like this in high school football. Like you said, the prestige and the expectation is so high. There's only so much you can do, you know, one day at a, at a, at a time. So control the controllables and, and do what you can do. And let everything else take care of itself, and, and that's what I've tried to do. And, and so far, I think it's been a really smooth 
to you know transition. I think so far it's gone really well, and our, our kids are working really hard, and uh, and I'm excited about it. The staff's coming together, so there's a lot of good pieces you know falling into place. That I'm excited about. Uh, one thing I'm really curious about, and I think you can give really good perspective on this. What is it like being a head coach trying to help? kids with their recruitment I mean you went through the recruiting process you know 10 12 years ago but now you know it's a big part of your job is to help these kids find colleges and find opportunities to go to college for free what has that been like for you being the the harbinger of that you know from from my experience as a player it's completely different because the recruiting process has changed so there isn't a lot of comparison um you know Luckily for me, I've been around college football, um, you know, GAing and, and coaching at different levels for the last couple of years. So, so I understand kind of what it's become. So, one of my first priorities was was hiring a, a college recruiting coordinator uh, within my program, and I was able to do that. Um, a guy who actually worked down at Rutgers for a while, um, a guy who's coached football, college football for for over forty plus years. So, so to have someone who understands landscape and understands, you know, what college recruiting has become for high school kids, I think was extremely important. And that was the first hire that I made uh, to make sure that, you know, we were servicing our, our kids the right way. You know, our student athletes, they, they come to Bosco not only to play the highest level of competition, but to also, you know, try to go on and play college football. And I think by having someone in place to be able to help assist with that, um, was extremely important, and I was excited to be able to get that done early on. Uh, who? What's the name of, of him for people that don't know? Uh, Fred Marianne. Uh, he's who, the Fred's the best. Absolute best. He's been a, a college coach at Iona. He's coached in Florida. He's obviously been at Rutgers for for a number of years and coaching Seattle and Coach Flood, uh, and really understands the the landscape of what you know high school football has become and. Uh, just as wealth of knowledge, not only from the, the X and O's, but from the, the administrative standpoint, has been huge for me. So I'm excited and, and you know, lucky to have him as part of my staff. You mentioned how recruiting is totally different now than it, than it was when you were you know, a high school senior. You're telling me that you didn't do tweets, you know, blessed to receive an offer today from Louisville. You didn't do that when you were in high school? And there wasn't Twitter when I was around. I, I, I basically missed my NFL career with Twitter. I, I got NFL my, or I got uh, Twitter my second year in the NFL, and that was the first time I'd ever done any of that stuff. So, in, in, a, in a sense, I was lucky to miss it. Uh, but at the same time, it's what you know, it's what it's become. It's been a, a social media world, and you know, exactly like you said, that the way I, I follow my kids is I don't even talk to them. I can just watch what they post and then I know where they are I know what they're doing and I know who you know is recruiting them in football uh, I got one more uh, recruiting question for you and I want to talk some Rutgers in in recruiting what's it like for you to deal with all of these staffs in this area people know that you you're a Rutgers guy you came from Rutgers you were a captain there but you know, you have to you have to balance that with making sure every kid explores his own opportunities. You don't want to guide people to Rutgers because you went there. What what is it like to walk that line and help kids find the right schools? It's been fairly easy to be honest. You know, obviously, I have a, a, a true passion for for Rutgers because of my experience there and, and what it's provided for me ultimately since I finished. So. 
you know, do I feel indebted to the place? Of course, because of, you know, what it's done for me and, and my family. But at the same time, you know, as, as you grow up and you go through a lot of this stuff, you know, with football and recruiting is you understand that each kid is different. Uh, each kid has his own personality and, and, you know, fits in his own way to different places. And, you know, I'll never, I'll never discourage a kid from, from looking elsewhere. But at the same time, you know, I think it's, my responsibility and, and the other head coaches in the state's responsibility is to make sure that you at least bring the kids on campus and, and at least see the place. You know, for me, when I was coming out, if I had never saw the campus and I had never really spent time down there, I, I don't know if I would have went there. And, you know, it worked out pretty well for me. So, you know, I want to try to create the same opportunities for, for all of my guys. And listen, at the end of the day, if it's not – what they're looking for, uh, and it's not what they want, then they'll go somewhere else. But at least, you know, I did my role to let them have an opportunity to see what the place is and, and what it's about. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that people in this state, not all coaches, but a lot of coaches need to get on board with Rutgers in terms of being more supportive. You look at how many guys get their first offer or their first break from Rutgers and then burn them. I think I think that needs to stop. I think Rutgers has kind of earned that. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's hard because there was a coaching change and the guys that have been there for, you know, 10, 12 years in, in Shiano's kind of regime and then to Coach Flood, you know, were gone and now a new group of guys came in and Jersey is different than other places for a lot of reasons with regard to relationships and, you know, it's, it's tough early on, you know, especially for, for Coach Ash and the guys down there now to, you know, to rekindle those relationships and, and make sure that, you know, the high school coaches trust them but at the end of the day you know we, we coach high school football in New Jersey and you know we have a responsibility because there's a lot of good football players here we, we do have a little bit of a responsibility to make sure that you know we're at least giving those guys a fair shake hey so I uh, changing gears here I saw you at Rutgers on Tuesday you and Devin McCourty and Kevin Malist all came to practice what'd you think uh, one, I didn't know uh, Devin and Kevin were going to be there, so it was it was fun to see those guys. It was fun to see Devin, and you know, it's, it's the same thing always happens when when I get to see former teammates that I played with. That you kind of go right back to busting each other's chops. The you know when we're in the locker rooms together, and, and that's what makes to me that's what makes that place so special. So it was fun to see those guys, uh, and then it was fun to to watch the team you know flying around. You know, I, I know it was their first day. In, uh, in full pads or, or uppers, whatever they were in. But uh, but it's good to see, you know, the guys working hard. You can definitely tell that some guys have changed their bodies physically over the offseason, which obviously is an important piece of, of playing in that conference. Um, you know, and then just seeing guys going out there and, and playing ball and competing. So, you know, obviously I think they have a long way to go, uh, and that's what the spring is for, the to you know, compete and, and get yourself ready to, to head into the summer offseason uh, and then training camp ready to go. Mike, you know better than most the obsession with the quarterback position that happens at Rutgers. Uh, what is your take early on for what would you see a quarterback? Uh, I thought Gio threw the ball well. I was, I was surprised, actually, because he threw it a lot better than when I was there. He was, he was I guess, a freshman when I was GAing there, and uh, and he was a talented kid, but throwing the ball definitely wasn't one of his strengths. And, and he threw really well on Saturday. It was good to see. I got to talk to him for a little bit at the end. Um, you know, I think the, 
other guys have some work to do. I think there's, you know, they're, they're all different and they all present you know, different game planning uh, possibilities. But at the end of the day, to, to win football games in that conference, you gotta you got to be able to convert third down to throw the football. And I thought Gio did a good job. You, I saw you. You were an honorary captain earlier this year at a, at a wrestling match. It was on Super Bowl Sunday, I believe, and you you had a big hug for Rajon Gross at the end. He, I believe, he won his match. What, what's it like for you now to see Gross, a, a Don Bosco guy, not only have success as a wrestler but come back to football? It was awesome. I had no idea he was playing again, and uh, and someone during the course of practice who I was talking to said, "Hey, did you see Rajon?" I said, "What do you mean?" And they said, yeah, he's playing again. He's out here today. And, and he was over on the side doing some work. It's awesome. He's such a good kid. Um, you know, obviously everyone makes mistakes. But for him to take advantage of the second opportunity that he's been given, it, it, I'm so excited for the kid. I'm so happy for him because he really is one of the really good kids out there. And, and he's going to help the program. You know, he might not play a snap for us next year. But at the end of the day, He's going to make that football team better in some way, and that's what you're looking for, and I'm excited for him. Yeah, I think you know as well as I do, you coaching there for a couple years, that you know a lot of those guys that got dismissed, they were problem causers, and some of them were wrong place, wrong time, and I think Rajon Gross is a good kid that learned from his mistake, and he deserves the second chance he's gotten. I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a, that's what life's about. You know, if you get another chance, you got to make the most of it. And obviously, he did with the wrestling season, and I have no doubt that he will this year with the football program. All right, one more football question, one more fun question. Mike Mayetti, how how have you seen him develop? Is he kind of on the schedule that you had hoped when he committed to Rutgers last year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's always an adjustment when you go from high school to college. So the, the first, you know, semester when you're in college and you're going through the season, you know, you're a scout team guy, it's, you know, you're kind of all over the place between trying to figure out how to do your schoolwork and, and then at the same time balance football and everything else that comes with being a college student athlete. Uh, it's an adjustment and, you know, you can tell that he's settled in a little bit now and he's a lot more comfortable, I think, than he was. Um, obviously, he's got work to do, um, but I think the best thing about that kid is, is he's going to come and he's going to every day and uh, you know I was telling him he said he's, he's running with the threes right now and he's like yeah you know I'm just you know trying to get better so listen take advantage of every rep that you get if you get two reps of practice make it the best two reps that you've ever had because if you do that you'll get four reps the next day and I guarantee you that because coaches watch the film and, and that's the type of kid that he is he's a grinder uh, he's going to do everything the coaches ask of him and you know, at the end of the day, I think he's got a really good future down there, you know, whenever that is going to be. Yeah, I know offensive line and quarterback are different, but Gio was running with the fours at this time last year, and look where he is, so you never know. Yeah, exactly. You know, you gotta you got to prepare yourself like you're the starter every day because you never know when you're going to get thrown into it. you got to be ready to go because you might only get one shot at it. All right, last thing, Mike. The, the Daily Targum, everyone's favorite student newspaper, they're doing a March Madness bracket with restaurants at Rutgers. So in the Final Four, they've got PJs, they've got Hansel, they've got the Grease Trucks, and they got Destination Dogs. My question for you, what would your Final Four be if you were doing your your restaurants? Oh, 
That's good. I mean, I'm surprised stuff your face isn't on there. I got upset um, by PJs in the Elite Eight. <laughs> PJs is a good one. PJs is definitely a good one. Um, shoot, my, my top four, I'd have to go with Sanctuary. Yes. Sanctuary is the number one seed in my book. Um, followed by... Followed by PJs, followed by Hansel. Uh, shoot, it's been so long ago since I've been there. I can't yeah, even I know. Think of the fourth one. Um, I, you know what? I did this earlier today, and I named the exact same three, and it took me an hour to think of a fourth one because it's just such a strong top three. Yeah, the the one place, and, and the food might not be you know those places, and it might not be you know right on Easton, but I used to always go. To uh, Tumulty's, to I think it's called Tumulty's, the yeah. tavern down on uh, Easton Ave. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I used to always go there after the games with my with my parents, you know, when we play afternoon games. So I probably have to include that just because I was I was there a lot during football season. So those, those would be the four. Yeah, I was going to petition the Targum and see if a liquor store counts and put that as my fourth. <laughs> There's Pete's, there? there's Pete's, and then there's another one. I forget what the other one is. But yeah. Pete, I, Pete was my landlord, so he took care of me. <laughs> guy runs the town, right? <laughs> I know he does. All right, Mike, I uh, appreciate it. It was good seeing you, and uh, I hope I'll see you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks again for having me. All right, thanks, Mike. All right. <laughs> Hey, so tell me about what you were doing in South Africa. Okay, so um, uh, the reason why we went to South Africa is because we're helping um, uh, Athletes in Action. Athletes in Action is an interdenominational Christian organization, right? And um, uh, it originates from the organization called Crew, and it's always a branch off. It's to help athletes that um, uh, want to grow spiritually because, you know, you know um, it's hard to be a college athlete. You don't have school and you have athletics, so it's to help you grow in that aspect. Okay. What we did was um, we went over to South Africa in Durban. It was led by um, John Maurer. John Maurer, he's the AIA leader here at okay. Rutgers University. We went over there and um, we helped the, uh, a university in Durban start uh, a crew a crew program, athletes and actual program. So it was okay. a mixture of both athletes and non-athletes. And um, we helped them start up their own AIA or crew over there in their university. So you were working with South African Christian athletes? Is, is that how um, it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were working, we were, we were working with both athletes and non-athletes. Okay. We went to universities and we spoke the word. Um, uh, um, we helped, we, um, you know, we, um, uh, we spoke to them about, about faith and uh, stuff. And, and the ones that were interested, you know, we, um, uh, we told them about what's going on. Uh, we're starting an organization here in, in Durban at that university. And the ones that were interested um, signed up and stuff like that. So, you know, we um, discipled them, talked to them about the word, um, helped them, grow, helped them grow, in their, grow in their faith. And, if they, dis- and then if they did want to join, they joined, signed up. And at the end of the week, we had a giant barbecue for them. We had a giant barbecue for them. So... That's how the group was okay. all came together from because it was two because it was one university but there's two campuses so we had to go to the campus where all the athletes are and the campus where all the non-athletes are so like we had that combined we combined all together and um, yeah and there it was and it was created it was awesome you know um, when that started in Durban so it was it was you Applefield did anyone else go um yes me Marcus Applefield Mimi Fletcher a track runner named Alana okay. Alana. And Lauren Cloyd, the volleyball player. Okay. 
What what kind of an experience was it for you, especially to get to go to a place like South Africa? Oh, it was an amazing experience. It was, hum- it was a humbling experience. You know, the people there are just so so kind and. Um, uh, you know, it's honestly really different from here. You know, they're a lot more approachable. Um, <laughs> it's not like Jersey. No, not like Jersey. <laughs> not saying that's wrong with Jersey. I love Jersey. You know, we're tough. But um, they're, they're a lot, you know, they're a lot more approachable. They actually approach us, you know, because we stand out. Like, we're huge, you know, because yeah, they're yeah. the people over there. So, um, uh, you know, they're they're interested. And um, it was a blessing, you know, um, we were able to go there and start something positive. You know, a uh, Christian organization over there in, in Durban and, and at that university. So, you know, it's great. You talked about this a little bit before, but what are the challenges of balancing your religion with all the time commitment you have to put into football? You know, it's really hard, and um, that's what I talk about with um, uh, John Maurer, our AIA leader. You know, he, thank God he's there for me. You know, he helps me so much in my faith, um, help, me, help me grow. He helps me grow each and every day. And, um, uh, you know, without him and Tyler Stowell, uh, John Maurer and Tyler Stowell, um, you know, I don't know where I would be right now because um, people don't realize – with this game, with football, you know, um, faith is a big is a big key, you right. know, um, with your relationship with the man above. I'm not trying to get all preachy on you no, or anything, no, no, but it's um, all good. It's all good. but um, you know, it really it really has helped me with my game a lot, you know, uh, calm me down a lot, you know, less overthinking, just knowing that I'm playing for a bigger purpose, you know, because God blessed me with this with this, with this um, opportunity to do this, so you know, I'm playing for Him, just honoring Him while I play. So it's thank, it's, it's, thank, it's a beautiful thing. I'm sure a lot of your classmates spent spring break in, you know, Orlando or yeah. Bahamas. Yeah. What What made you, you get, like, no free time as mm-hmm. an athlete, so why did you decide to do this in your free time? Uh, you know, I just wanted to grow, you know, internally. I want to grow as a person. I want to grow, like I said, I want to grow spiritually. I knew that um, it's something that John Maurer says, you know, just like in anything in life, you got to invest in it. So it's like, just like anything, you know, you got to invest in it and, uh, I really just wanted to grow, you know. I don't know. It's who. I, it's just who I am. Something that. Something that uh, Marcus and I and the rest of the gang, Lauren, uh, Anna, Mimi, Fletcher. Um, we just. We you know. We always wanted to grow in, in a positive. In a positive way and do something positive, you know. Um, and it was honestly a blessing. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience. You saw some sure. beautiful places as well, you know. It's not what everyone thinks of Africa, you know. <laughs> it's, it's really. It's really beautiful. So. All right, man. Hey, thank you. I no appreciate problem. it. No problem, man. third guest of the day is the loudest and the most opinionated and that is scout national recruiting analyst brian doan brian we're more than a week through spring practice and that's really the topic of conversation today impressions uh um they're working hard you don't get to see a whole bunch because practices aren't open very often you don't get to see much from what i saw I like the zip that Zach Allen had on the football. Watching Jerome Washington, a tight end who transferred from Miami, sat out last year, battling a little nick, as we say. You can see sometimes getting out of the breaks where that explosion is there. Coven Bailey looks good getting out of breaks really quick. For me, though, way too early to tell because it's so much fundamentals and you really want to see what they can do in scrimmage situations and stuff like that. Uh, I, I think... They look bigger, they look stronger than they've been, but this is not a miracle cure as we've talked about. You're not going to sit there and say, oh, all of a sudden they're better this year. It's a long, long process, and they're still in the, you know, maybe they're 20% of the way to where they need to be from, you know, if you take it from where Chris Ash started to where it needs to be, uh, you're maybe 20% of the way there. It just takes a lot of time, so be patient. My biggest takeaway so far... Oh, and they stretch nice. Yeah, they're really good at stretching. A lot of yoga in the off-season, I'm sure. 
My biggest takeaway so far is that I think, I know it's early, but I think that both Mitchell brothers have started to live up to the hype that comes with their commitments. People that know me know I'm almost always on the pessimistic side when it comes to transfers coming into a program. If you were really that good, oftentimes the school that you came from wouldn't have wanted you to leave. Uh, but I think that both Mitchell brothers have shown me already, just by look, just eyeball them, I think they're the real deal. I think that both are going to be starters for Rutgers this season. I, I think that a rotation of both Mitchell brothers, Janarian Grant and Juwan Harris, woof, that is a major upgrade from last year. Now, you still need someone to throw him the ball, and you need people to block, and you need a credible running back and a good game plan. But wide receiver got a lot better, and I think that's clear. Yeah, it's funny you say that because Amir Mitchell's a different kind of transfer. He was doing well at Michigan, and let's just say some off-the-field stuff happened, and so he left school. It wasn't because of a lack of playing time. It wasn't because he wasn't working hard. It was some other issues. So I would expect him to be good. Duop, his brother, comes from Arkansas where he didn't play well, um, didn't play much. They didn't use him in the right way. They didn't use him in a consistent manner. One year it was safety, then running back, then receiver. Let's try him at quarterback. So he was all over. He's better than what Rutgers has. He better come in and play a big role because as a fifth-year kid, he got one shot at it. And it just shows you the lack of depth that they have. Normally, you know, it's funny. And we're, we're – Reading on the boards about Juwan Briscoe, the kid from Georgia who's visiting again on Saturday, a transfer from Thomas Stone down in the Maryland area, cornerback. Well, he wasn't a starter at Georgia. He lost his job there. And I fully expect him to, to commit to Rutgers, I, I would think, sooner rather than later. Right, a little free scoop for you guys. Thanks for downloading. Yeah, and so I look at it and I say, it's the same deal. Juwan Briscoe may not be Deion Sanders, right? And But he is such an upgrade that they have talent-wise. Everybody, well, they have Bless on Austin and Damon Hayes and Isaiah Wharton. Well, the fact of the matter is Isaiah Wharton's a safety. He should be playing safety. But because they're so thin at cornerback, he has to play corner. And so you look at things like Duop Mitchell, yeah, I mean, in three years you would hope you wouldn't need a grad transfer like that because – you would have a lot more talent in the program. But where it is right now, he's better than almost anybody they had. I think part of the reason why I'm so biased against transfers is my... Because they don't work? Yeah, well, I was going to say, my, <laughs> my upbringing in covering football was Rutgers football from about 2007 to now. So let me let me just give you a couple names here, Brian. Marcus uh, Witherspoon. That's a good one. Transferred from the Big Ten. Uh, Daryl Givens, transferred from the Big Ten. Anthony Lolota transferred from the Big Ten. Dom Natale transferred from the Big Ten. These are guys that have come in and, you know what, didn't quite work out for Rutgers. So I've seen so many examples of this not working that I'm a little hesitant, even though it's we're talking about two coaches and 10 years later, totally different situation. I'm always hesitant because the first round of hype guys that came in as transfers were guys like Witherspoon and Lolota and Daryl Givens, and they did not work out for Rutgers. I really can't think of many traditional transfers that have worked out in my time covering Rutgers. You know, yeah, one thing people will bring up is, 
Oh, well, what about this? Troy Aikman transferred from Oklahoma to UCLA. Yeah, Russ, and Russell Wilson. Russell yeah. Wilson. All right. So it's like the walk-on thing where everybody gets so excited. Yes, there'll be one good transfer. There'll be one good walk-on. You want to talk about the 130 that don't work out? You know, everybody forgets that. And, guy, you know, that's why Amir Mitchell, like I said, is different. Okay? It, it's not that it wasn't working for him on the field there. If Duwap Mitchell is starting 12 games and playing a ton, he's not leaving Arkansas. I mean, it's not, well, I, I can't wait to get back home and, and play with my brother even though I'm playing at Arkansas and we're going to be a top 15 team and I'm a central figure in their offense. No, he, he wasn't going to play there. I mean, that thing was done halfway through the season that he was going. I'm, so, And so I look at him, yeah, I, I agree. They, kids don't transfer because they're getting a ton of playing time. Just tell me the kid who transferred that was getting a ton of playing time and was a central player to a team. So you have to understand that going in. My other takeaway from spring practice is that Rutgers is, is doing a good job of working with what it has. There's so many positions where the guys that we expect to start or to contribute just are not there yet. But that doesn't mean you just don't coach linebackers because your starters aren't here yet or you mail it in at quarterback because Jonathan Lewis hasn't arrived yet. I think Gio Rochino has put in a ton of good work to the point where, I mean, that's who I'm betting on to start the opener right now. And Rutgers has had those positions. I think linebackers are a great example where you brought in a ton of talent to play very early. But, I mean, you shouldn't write off Deontay Roberts, who had a great offseason. Maybe he holds on to the job because of the amount of work they put into him this spring. Yeah, because he does have that experience, and he has the knowledge of the defense, and he has the knowledge of opponents, so he understands that. He understands the college game and the transition, and if you're starting for freshman, true freshman on defense, you are in a boatload of trouble. And same with Jonathan Lewis. I, I think he'll play a lot early. I think you know they'll bring him along, and we'll see how he does in training camp and how much he picks up just from being so close to campus in the spring. Yes, will Deontay Roberts be better? I would hope so. You would hope they don't get worse. But is it still good enough? You know, this is who you have. And it takes time. Just one recruiting class with some freshmen, Ola Kunle Fadakazi is not going to come in and all of a sudden be Dick Butkus. It takes time to develop kids. It takes time to develop depth. Even if Deontay Roberts is the starter... I mean, you're going to have two, three, the potential for two or three true freshmen on your two deep. That's alarming. That's absolutely alarming, but it tells you where they are. So, like I said, last year, Sam, I think we were pretty honest about what we expected. We're going to be honest again this year. It's going to be a struggle. You just want to see signs of growth. And offensively, they'll have more talent at their disposal. I think Jerry Kill will do a good job, but I go back to what I said before. You know, everybody that thinks Drew Marringer was a terrible offensive coordinator, man, that's just an easy excuse. That That's just, I'm going to put it on the coaches instead of the players. It's an excuse. And it's for people saying, well, how can we be that bad? You're that bad as as a team and as a program. That's why you have a new coaching staff, and that's why you're rebuilding. Welcome into the Rutgers ScoutCast mailbag here on episode 56, and speaking of numbers, 
we're going off topic first here, Brian, because WrestleMania 33 is this weekend. I talked about it in the open, and I've told you that I have some plans. Brian, what are your plans for WrestleMania? Let's see. My kids have a 10 a.m. soccer game, both of them, on Sunday, and then they play lacrosse in Montgomery at night. So that's my plans. And other than that, I'm going to be hoping that there is really no big Rutgers news because you will not be around to cover it. And I don't want to be covering. I want to be coaching my kids. Look, before we get to the WrestleMania stuff, Sam, here's my question for you. How upset are you that one of our favorite coaches, Jim Jim Panagos, who is now at Temple, was a D-line coach at Rutgers, I went to Pitt, now at Temple, tweets out a picture of him and Brock Lesnar, who he knows really well, I mean really well, that he did not bring Brock Lesnar to Rutgers to where you could have had a photo op with him. Now, I do have the photo of you with Kyle Flood wearing the championship seven-on-seven belt. I know that's a... I remember when I visited you at your apartment, you do have that picture framed on the wall yep, right next to uh, right next to uh, me and uh, and julie yeah and, and, but how uh, is that upsetting to you that panagos never brought brock lesnar to rutgers campus here's the thing this is on the rutgers administration this is 100 percent pat hobbs fault because <laughs> monday night raw that night was at the wells fargo center in philly temple's there if Pat Hobbs could do his job and bring Monday Night Raw to the rack, we wouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> it's pretty good. Although I will say... One, one more quick thing, slightly more serious before we go into the back on topic in the mailbag. For people like yourself, Brian, that don't care whatsoever about wrestling, what do you think is the significance of Eric LeGrand going into the Hall of Fame and what that can mean for Rutgers and branding and actually having positive news in front of 2 million viewers? It's always good when it's positive. It's always good when it's Eric Legrand because he is such a great deliverer of a message. And he's so, I, I tell you what, I remember when he finally got out of the hospital and we went yeah. to his house and he had a thing for everybody to come talk, you know, his mom, Karen and everything. And I, whenever you talk to Eric Legrand, and it, it's such a sad story. There's no other way. It's so, but then you talk to him. That guy has the ability to lift your spirits so quickly and so well. It makes you feel so good about things. And you say, wait a minute. Here's a guy that's been dealt a very tough situation. And he doesn't complain. He's always positive. He's always upbeat. And people are going to see that. And like you said, this is the Super Bowl of it's wrestling. a big deal. I mean, it's, you know... I, I, let's it, just say that the entire city of Orlando, which, lovely city, we all love Orlando, right? No sarcasm there. The entire city is shut down for this event. It's a whole weekend yeah. thing. I know a lot of people don't care, but they've got two million subscribers that are going to be watching, and you've got an entire city that's going to be talking about Eric Legrand tonight, Friday night. It's so good on so many levels, but I, I think the biggest thing is it just continues to bring awareness to spinal cord injuries and and trying to find a cure for all that stuff um it's it's very tough to deal with but it's also um very uplifting to listen to him so i think it's awesome so ham-handed transition back into the on-topic part of our mailbag here brian uh this question uh came from 
Woods on Twitter. Uh, something like Woods, I can't remember, but it was... It wasn't Forest, just Woods. Maybe Tiger Woods. I'm, I don't know. The question was, who should fans look for in the spring? I'm sure it'll be some walk-on who stands out because they don't want to get somebody injured who actually will play the during next the... next Greg Jones? 20, yeah, or Pat Brown or whatever, and we'll read 500 stories about, well, I look great in the spring game, where they're running base defense, base offense. But that said, two kids to look for. I'll give you two. That's pretty exciting for you, right? Yeah, and then I could just not pick any and we could end. No, no, you have to pick one. Amir Mitchell... The transfer from Michigan receiver, just so you can see the difference in what a big-bodied receiver who can get out of a break looks like. Now, I hope he catches the ball. You want to make sure his hands are consistent. But for me, watch him just because of his size, his physicality, and just how... When I talk about separation, that's what I mean. We heard all last year receivers can't get separation. Watch him. And then the other one to look for is, in all honesty, look for Gio Rossino. Yep. Because they're not going to run him. They're not going to let him get hit. Does he get rid of the ball quickly? Does he make quick decisions? Is he accurate? And what's his arm strength look like? Don't worry about whether it's vanilla or not. Yeah, this, his stats don't matter. No. Look at whether where he's getting the ball and how quickly he's getting the ball out. And look at some of the stuff they're running as far as quick slants and and maybe some drags and stuff like that. That that's what I would I would look for those two. So I just said stats don't matter, but I, I'm gonna say my over under for Kamoko Ture Sachs in this game is probably around four and a half because he's gonna. Oh, be, I'm going over. Yeah, he's gonna be. I remember in the spring game, uh, I think it was Kyle Flood's last spring game where it was laughable how many sacks Kamoko was getting against you know, the fourth-string walk-on left tackle to where they had to pull him from the game because he was getting too many sacks, you're going to see that again. So I think Kamoko Ture is the one to watch, not only because he's an exciting player, but because I think for the fans that actually pay attention and know his story and his problems that he's had the last couple years, it could be a nice little bit of redemption moment going into the season. Wrapping this show up literally from the bowels of High Point Solutions Stadium. It's been a busy week at Rutgers football, and it's only going to get busier when the practices start to get more serious, the visitors start to get more excited. That's going to keep going. Stay tuned to ScarletReport.com. Our members have been getting some good coverage, and that's only going to continue the rest of the way. I would recommend if you haven't checked us out yet, reach out to me, shelmanatscout.com, and I can fill you in on extended free trials, on what we've got going on over there. We're the only guys that are there every day giving you the information you actually want and not yelling at you about numbers that don't mean anything and players that aren't playing. So wish me luck in Orlando this weekend. Maybe I'll see some of you guys there. I know I'm not the only wrestling fan or the only Florida guy on the site or that subscribes. So with that said, I am the host of the Rutgers Scoutcast, Sam Hellman. Please shoot Mike Teal messages on Twitter or Sebastian Joseph. Let him know that you appreciated their time. Thanks for listening.